0: Two unlikely heroes must team up to save the president from the clutches of a Confederate scientist determined to get revenge for losing the Civil War. Hello everyone, I'm Caleb. Jay. I'm Connor Azigeri. And welcome to a new episode of Beyond the Bad. <laughs> All right, so today we'll be talking about the 1999 epic disaster known as Wild Wild West. A uh, film was, should have been a short hit due to the winning combination of your Rising Storm Will Smith at the time. Director Barry Sonnenfeld was having a really good run, and yet this would go down as a complete failure and almost an embarrassment in the film industry. It's been the punching bag for a lot of jokes. Um, So with that, um, I'll just kind of shoot over Connor for those good old scores. Yeah.
1: When you're going to do a movie podcast surrounding bad movies, there's certain tent poles you have to hit just because it's expected. And Wild Wild West is one of those films. This is so hated. It's insane. Uh, It's not even a cult favorite. It's just a bad movie that everyone has just agreed is a bad movie. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it sitting at a 16% critic score, 28% audience score. So, pretty shit. Uh, Critics' consensus reads, bombastic, manic, and largely laugh-free, Wild Wild West is a bizarre misfire in which greater care was lavished upon the special effects than on the script. That is hardly the worst thing about this movie. (laughs) But, weird that that's what they zero in on. Just like, yeah, too many good
0: special effects. Like, yeah, it's one of the many things <laughs> about this film. Uh, I would say it was way worse, but I will. And also, they're saying good special effects. A lot of the special effects have not aged very well. Um, I know when we were watching, I pointed out the horrendous CGI background, even though they shot a lot of this film on location. Yeah, but I'm like, you can just tell it's like that's not an on location background. That is a CGI fucking background. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it is really bizarre. The decisions that went into making this movie. I wonder how many times on set Kevin Klein had a panic attack of, like, what have I done? (laughs) Because Will Smith at the time was probably, you know, on Cloud Nine. He was untouchable. And then this happened and nothing changed. He's the only one who remained, like, completely unscathed until 2022. Yeah, it took his own and dumbass
0: actions to torpedo his career, probably for good. (laughs) Movie, so, no, he was doing just fine. Um,. With that, right into Development hell on this, um, as, a lot, as for those of you who don't know, we'll talk a about it when we get to Development hell, but this is based off a 1960 show called The Wild Wild West. That's the difference, the famous fucking change of The in a title. Um, so, with that, I got into the ideal of, you know, films are TV shows that get turned into films, and then vice versa, films that get turned into TV shows. We see that a lot in Resurrection the horror genre. So, my question is, what are your thoughts on that, both sides, you know, TV to movie, movie to TV, and any personal favorites out of that? Well, I've always thought it was desperate. It was like, we need a hit, people liked that, let's
1: do it again. It's 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 the same mentality of remakes for me. But sometimes it can be good, especially if you've got the original developers involved or somebody, somebody from the old shows involved, and we saw that with the Star Trek movies, like we got... You know, they got Leonard Nimoy to reprise his role as Spock in the, in the new ones, and that gave some credence to this reboot that a lot of people were kind of iffy about at the time. That's one of my favorites, is Star Trek 09. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite movies. It's such an epic uh, reintroduction of the Enterprise crew. Uh, I recently watched Charlie's Angels uh, 2000. Uh, I think that's an awesome movie. Great cast, great action, great twist, good plot. That's a fun movie that I think gets overlooked. Uh, Twenty One Jump Street, another example. Oh, I
0: forgot about that one. Yeah,
1: it's like the show was kind of you know a little bit self serious, but a ridiculous concept. So the movie ran with that ridiculous concept and just <laughs> lambasted it the whole time. But you also got you know Johnny Depp and his co star from the show to reprise the role in a brief cameo, where they're like, "Hey, we were Jump Street," and that was <laughs> that was just great. So it can be done well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't happen well a lot.
0: Yeah, I think it's like you said, depends on the intentions. I did find. But I like about the 21 John Feet giant-depth cameos is that they pulled off having him actually in the entire movie <laughs> without us knowing the whole time. Yeah, because he's an amazing actor. Yeah. <laughs> and they such, said that in the movie. Yeah, God, he's such an amazing actor. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was awesome. I, yeah, um, those both were fucking great and knew what they were doing. But I think that's the key. With the ones that work, it's people that actually really have a love for what the source material yeah. and they want to do something with it. That's mm-hmm. uh, special and different, on, on both sides of the spectrum. I know for me, um, yeah, I would say the Twenty One Jump Street films, the Star Trek reboot trilogy, were really good. Um, and in turn, we got because of that, we got all the new Star Trek shows and Paramount Plus are really good. Yeah, rejuvenated um,
1: interest in the entire franchise.
0: Yeah, like it, the whole franchise is back. Um, on the vice ver- versa side of it, with you know movies like TV shows, um, my two go tos will always be Ash versus Evil Dead and now the recent edition of Chucky. But, again, in both cases, you had the creatives back. And, Don, and, Don, and Chucky, I mean, that's Don Mancini still attached. He's been with that franchise since the first movie. This is his baby still. So it's like, in that case, it works because they're finding ways to continue something that they want to do just in a different way, especially in a case like Chucky where, like, you know, it had to, unfortunately, say, Chucky kind of killed theatrical releases and they did the two straight-to-DVD films that were actually really good. But then he saw, hey, if I do TV, I can keep this going without having to wait so long to get a movie made, and you know that large year, you know, years long gap it takes just to get a movie out. I can just do a TV show, keep it going. You only wait a year for a new season if you know they renew it, and that's where we're at. We're getting into season two this October now because of it. Um, so I think it, yeah, it's very much like if you got the people original creatives involved, or if not, they are working with the newer people that have a passion for the source yeah. material, it does equal a good uh, product where it's into a movie, um, into a show, uh, Mission Impossible is no one that I think has actually somehow gotten, like, I I say it's gotten kind of better with each film, and now it's like the juggernaut franchise it is now. It's interesting you bring up Mission Impossible because that was, it didn't have the interest
1: of the original people. Like Peter Graves, who, was, who starred in that show, was asked to reprise his role as um, Jim Phelps, who John Voight ended up playing, but he didn't like that they were turning that character into a villain, so he, you know, said no and he uh, boycotted the movie. And it still ended up being a huge hit in a weird way, but really it didn't become good until the fourth entry.
0: Yeah, it's weird. Like the first three are okay; yeah. like they're okay movies, but then like with four, like something clicked, and I was just like, these got really good, and it's been awesome since. Two, I want to shout out. Um, westworld
1: on hbo uh based off the 73 movie by michael crichton who wanted real robots or he walked Uh, throwback to our congo episode but um yeah the movie's really cool and the show dives into deeper themes of like what is human what you know what is intelligence like how do you how do you contemplate these massive themes of identity and life and I've heard, you know, I haven't seen Beyond Season 2, but I've heard it's really good. Uh, And then, for me, the best ever TV show adapted from a film is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yes. Yeah. Adapted from kind of a shitty, like, like, early 90s horror comedy that a lot of people thought was stupid. Joss Whedon, you know, prior to all of his issues decided to revamp it as a show and it ended up being an, a massive cult hit that started a bunch of careers mm-hmm. and has lasted this long because it's a brilliant show
0: yeah it was a great show and it kicks hard my one of my earliest crushes as a kid and sorry i'm Geller, my mom watched that show i remember watching going oh who's that
1: yeah my mom watched that show too and i eventually decided to watch it myself and i powered through that horrendous first season and
0: fell in love with the show yeah you passed the first season it's really good but yeah I I'd actually argue genre uh, genre films have had the easiest transition into TV shows because in yeah. almost every single case the original creators are involved in those yeah and so it's just their way of continuing it without having to deal with the hassle of a, of a movie studio but they can keep telling the story that they want to tell. It has happened a couple times with drama
1: like I know that Spike Lee's uh, She's got to have it became a Netflix series mm-hmm. that didn't last very long. So it's, it's just, it's unnecessary most of the time, especially mm-hmm. since a lot of time they just stretch an hour and a half, two hour movie into like eight episodes, 10 episodes, and you lose so much in that translation mm-hmm. and nobody cares. It's, again, you know, it goes back to my, my, my statement about desperation. It's like, just come up with something else. Just make something new instead of just taking something that people love and just butchering it into something kind of unrecognizable with the same name.
0: Yeah, again for me right now, the gold standard Chucky, and that has everything to do with, like, first off, how great the first season was. Yeah. And then second off, the fact that with season two, you know, we got Glenn, Glenn like, they are acknowledging C to Chucky. They're bringing characters back from C to Chucky. Like, it's a full-on continuation. That's where, that's, that's what I love, is, you know, with Chucky
1: and Ash vs. Evil Dead, it's not a remake. It's not, you know, no one involved. It's a direct continuation of an already beloved franchise.
0: So it's just more. And I got no problem
1: with more. I just don't want,
0: the same thing you watch, yeah. but stretched out. Kind exactly. Of like the, the first season of From Dust Till Dawn, the TV show. Yeah. Was I heard season two onward is when it d- deviates, but like that first season I heard yeah. is literally just the original movie.
1: Well, I found out Rodriguez also made an El Mariachi show that I never heard about. So like he's just yeah he's he's been doing that for quite a bit. <sighs> I think there's a Spy Kids like animated series on Netflix.
0: Yeah, he he was top of the ward, and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe in Texas.
1: I don't know if he ever. No. I, I love Rodriguez, but he's got a lot of bad films.
0: He was on top of the when I was like, El Mariachi, Desperado, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Like when he was doing that, obviously working with, you know, Tarantino with From Us Told On. I would say shortly after that, when Spike gets into picture, is when it started to teeter. Yeah. No. But uh, yeah, so that. I can't think of any more TV shows to movies or movies to TV shows I've,
1: um, I've enjoyed. I wanted to check out Damien. It was a, the, the Omen series. I heard that is terrible. That's what I heard. I, it sounded like such a great idea—just you know, teenage Damien finding out he's the Antichrist and having to cope with that. That's that's a good concept. I would watch that, but they they fucked it up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So here's some bad. It, when they after said first it was on A and E, and they did Bates Motel, which started off with a good first season, but then like I could never finish that show because they get into this weird drug plot line. That just dominates so much of the show, and it's like I don't care about the drugs or your secret half brother that the movies never talk about. <laughs> of course, um, I was like, I don't care about any of that stuff. So like, why, why do I want this? So I never finished it, and I heard she doesn't even like die until like the fifth season. It's weird. Yeah, I guess like the last two or three episodes are like psycho or something, something like
1: that. I th- like we got one coming out in a few months with the Lord of the Rings the Rings of Power that has a lot of expectations. Uh you know, I'm just hoping they don't fuck that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, that one's that's the one that everyone has their eyes on right now. <sighs> <sighs>
1: yeah, it's a, it's a it's an interesting genre that's more missed than hit, but you've got the occasional hit. Like one I've always liked. It's not a very well-received film, but I grew up with it. Uh, my favorite Martian starring Christopher Lloyd and Jeff Daniels, based off a really, like, brief TV show with uh, Ray Walston, I believe, in the 50s, who actually is in My Favorite Martian. He plays, like, the head of the government agency who's actually a Martian. It's a, it's a cute movie, but, you know, I have a, a blind spot when it comes to Christopher Lloyd. I can tell. But it's a, it's a cute movie. Wayne Knight voices his, like, space suit. He's, like, super horny and trying to bang clothes all the time. It's uh, Liz Hurley's in it. Uh, Michael Lerner, uh, Wallace Shawn. It's a good movie. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think so. <laughs> I
0: was like, you know what? You, you keep thinking that, buddy. Uh, um, another bad one. Oh, another bad one. I watched, uh, Sci-Fi did a Day of the Dead. Oh, yeah, I heard. Seriously, me and Josh both watched the entire 10-episode season, and it, oh, it was not very good. Yeah. I know a
1: lot of people are fans of Hannibal, uh, which I powered through most of it. I still have about half of the last season to watch, but it's just so—it's too dull at times for me. And like, just I don't—I don't know what they were trying to really capture with Hannibal.
0: I haven't watched it. Yeah. Nor am I watching that other the one that everyone hates—that Clarice Starling oh,
1: show. Clarice, where it was just you know a procedural cop show. Where they mentioned, hey, you remember that incident with that guy? Remember
0: that? What was the point of making that? <laughs> Jesus Christ. I hate when they had to dance around <laughs> that shit. Uh, yeah, and then, I mean, to an extent, in a weird way, we're kind of seeing it now with MCU. Obviously, with the new phase, they are now uh, embracing having Disney Plus and doing TV shows. Yeah. That parlay into movies and movies that parlay into shows. So we're definitely seeing it. now. I would argue seeing it even more now than ever because of that. But, it, yeah, 9 times out of 10, it's on both sides of the spectrum it's more messes than hits, but man, when they do hit, they hit hard to their credit. Yeah, they do. Remember Lethal Weapon, the series?
1: That like, one of the guys had like a <laughs> bitch fit and they fired him and they fired. brought in Sean William Scott to just
0: play somebody new. Someone new and then it even last that much longer. you got like canceled <laughs> shortly after that. It's like the whole shit with, uh, with Batwoman on CW. You know, uh, however you see it, Ruby Rose made some complaints reports that she was just as difficult she's just not it was a messy affair she left and they had to get a new trick to bring in for season two but then they tried pulling like well we're going to bring kate kane back and they tried that no one really liked it i thought it was a horrendous storyline to follow in season two and then season three they just said fuck it this is your bat batwoman and then (laughs) cw got bought and turned around and said fuck it we're just canceling it i'm gonna go ahead and assume it wasn't ruby rose no yeah. I couldn't tell you the actress. I could not tell you who the actress was. They just, they tried doing it as a pot line. No one took it, and they just kept, you know, what they sure don't, which was the the, uh, the black actress they cast, uh, Javit, uh, I forget her name. He was really good in the role. Um, they just finally went full on with her. That show was such a fucking dumpster fire since day one.
1: It's amazing it lasted <laughs> as long as it did.
0: Yeah, apparently, if it wasn't for the sell, they would want to renew it for season four. server. So the Mark Pedowitz guy who was in charge of CW had zero issues just renewing stuff. I don't think he liked canceling shows. Yeah, that, there's a lot of evidence behind that. Just unbelievable.
1: Uh, but yeah, TV shows based off movies, movies based off TV shows. It's this weird little, you know, subgenre that I've I, I don't really like.
0: No, no, most. Like I said, I t- I've noticed with things like but com- genre stuff, like horror comedy and yeah. a lot of stuff, it tends to lend itself better. I've seen better examples of it, but you still have your duds and even that stuff. Yes, indeed. Um, unless you got more on that, no, yeah. we have a, a beefy development. All excited. Okay, so as we know, I just said this came out in 1999. So beginning in 1992, January 1992, uh, WB Warner Bros. guys who are on the hot seat as of yes last night. Uh, had optioned the rights to adapt the hit 1960s television television show The Wild Wild West. Fast Furious Titles, I swear to God. Well, he's... See, the thing is, the
1: show was about the West, like the location, like, you know, it's all these crazy adventures you could get in. The movie, Will Smith, is Wild Wild West. That was what they were
0: getting at. Yeah. they <laughs> So apparently the show did have steampunk elements, but apparently the movie just fucking turned it up to 11. Yeah, they had, he was, you know, they,
1: the Artemis Gordon character was an inventor and he'd invent random, you know, cool, wacky shit. And there's, you know, most of the time it's just, it's basically just gunsmoke.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or as they like to call it, the Kraers, to call it, chain spawn on a horse or some shit like that. Oh God. Yeah, 1960s. Um, When that was going on, they had hired Richard Donner, uh, the Superman, first two Superman, and Almost any other damn film you can think of. The guy was eclectic. Um, He was brought on to direct with a screenplay by Shane Black. (laughs) So Predator hasn't escaped us yet. Um, (laughs) And starring probably one of the most controversial human beings alive now, Mel Gibson. Uh, Melvin. This was the 90s. He was not controversial. He was a surefire way to bring in box office gold. wonder, yeah funny that they would end up making maverick we can't do this western tv show let's do that western tv show i'll well, say so, well that's the next thing they actually departed to go work on maverick so they that's left funny. this one to go work on maverick instead
1: that's hilarious um
0: yeah you know i mean it's basically the same thing so i don't
1: i but i, I feel like that was more faithful to the show Maybe. i haven't seen maverick i so
0: s- I never seen maverick either it just feels like people are complaining about maverick this is true. Richard Donner is a really good director. Not that Sonnenfeld's a bad director. We'll get into that. But it's amazing how unfortunate this really kind of crushed the momentum he was having. Oh, yeah. Um, with that, though, this project would continue on with Tom Cruise rumored to star in 1995. What a shock. And he would get his own <laughs> movie <laughs> based <laughs> off a TV show. He would turn this down, whatever it was, but he'd go on to star in a film adaptation of Mission Impossible the following year
1: why does that keep happening why do people attach to wild wild west move on to bigger and better films based off tv shows (laughs) i don't know (laughs) fun fact the guy who starred in the wild wild west robert conrad i believe he was the cop who keeps getting injured in jingle all the way really yeah (laughs) you broke my little mirror that guy (laughs) i'm pretty sure that was him
0: nine on the fresco there Rube uh. Uh, I don't know why I said because I watched it last night Um. yep I was right that was him god damn it <laughs> well by the way the big names don't stop because apparently they are trying hard to make this a big event movie so in February of 1997 discussions with Will Smith and director Mary Sonnenfeld started and as we see in the final project both those guys did come on board um yeah. Obviously, we know who Will Smith is, this, and at the time, 99, this is after Bad Boys, this is after Men in Black, this is after Independence Day, like, the man, King of the Ward, you know, off of Fresh Prince, he is in all these hit blockbuster movies, nothing can touch him. Barry Sonnenfeld, honestly having his own hits, right? Adam's Family, Men in Black, like, the guy is hitting hard in the 90s as well. So, it, I get why they would talk to them, like, hey, you guys are, like, hugely successful, do you want to do this? <laughs>
1: There was a robot chicken sketch about the film studio behind Pluto Nash reading the dailies when the movie came out, and everyone like commits mass suicide, jumping out of the building. And there's like everyone's like, "What have we done?" And I got to imagine there was a bit of that going on when uh, Barry Sonnenfeld read the reviews for Wild Wild West, where he had this moment of like, "Oh my
0: god, <laughs>
1: why? <laughs> why?
0: <laughs> god, he was God. He had it all in the '90s." and then you don't really see him all that much anymore. Now, for the co-star of Will Smith, before we got Kevin Klein, WB would pursue a young, hot, peaking George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> <Go> uh,
1: Cloone Tang. <laughs> hm what All right. If he had done this,
0: do you think the double punch
1: of Batman and Robin and Wild Wild West would have completely destroyed George Clooney?
0: I think that would have done it. I think he had enough charisma to survive one hit, not yeah. two. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I think this was a good pass. <laughs> um, he would, they, they were pursuing him, but they had three other names in mind, one of them being Kevin Klein. so there's one out of the way. There are two. Get ready. Matthew McConaughey. As long as he says all right, all right, all right, I'm down. I, I Look, think he would have been great. He snuck he snuck that line into fucking TCM: The Next Generation. Yeah. He said it in his Oscars acceptance speech. It's who he is. <laughs> he has to say. I wonder if it's in his contract to say it like once in any movie. I don't. In.
1: I don't think it was in Dallas Buyers Club. But then again, I was no. pretty distracted by a lot of other things in there. <laughs> no. Yeah. His
0: more serious stuff, he hasn't been saying it. But when he was having fun with his, career. <laughs> yeah. and then the other one. He just had a hell of a public showing on display uh johnny depp oh shit johnny depp as Artemis gordon
1: i wonder so 97 what would he have been what would he do in sleepy hollow i guess yeah yeah that was a way better decision yeah good for him i wonder if he told tim like hey tim should i take this and he's like in the middle of putting together sleepy hollow he's like no
0: you've got to be ichabod free up your schedule <laughs> I love that I know that Tim Burton tells Johnny Depp what to do. Not the other way around. Tim's like, no, dude, you're doing my movie. I I think there's something to that. He calls him during the, look, man, I know you got a trial going on, but you need to hurry this shit up, okay? Got a movie you need to be in? Hurry the fuck up, John. He had, at the time, I'm sure he had three numbers in his phone, Tim Burton. He had
1: Johnny Depp, he had Danny Elfman, and before they broke up, he had Helena Bonham Carter. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> anybody else he just trusted like the rest of the production to gather those are the three guys he called consistently yeah and it worked out most of the time
0: for his early stuff which i do like his earlier stuff compared to his later stuff yes absolutely yeah uh so the big names don't stop there though <laughs> so now on the on well big names for us as film fans because now we're getting to the script writing stuff okay and this is why i say like they were trying so hard to make this into something so originally they hired screenwriter ss wilson Brent Maddock, who were known for writing Short Circuit and *Trimmers*, Huh.
1: That's a weird vibe they wanted to bring to this. But no. I guess you've got robots and you've got kind of a western goofiness. <laughs> you get Wild Wild West.
0: <laughs> That's cool. And I mean, they technically <laughs> made Tremors, which you could argue has a lot of western elements in its movie. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Instead they're... of a big spider, it's a big worm. The big worm looks better, I'm just saying. Much better, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was in April or May, 1997. So <laughs> things are so far trucking along. Uh, Clean would sign on in August, dropping out of Jack Frost. Not the horror film Jack Frost, nor the animated Christmas awesome special Jack Frost, but Michael Key Jack Frost.
1: Ah, the sometimes it's good to have a big butt Jack Frost.
0: Yes. <laughs> I watched that a lot as a kid. I don't remember a lot of details, I just remember a lot of the dumb shit. I watched the <laughs> animated special all the time as a kid, because I loved it. And then I recently watched the... The 90s horror comedy jack Frost and it's it's a great movie you know the weirdest part about that movie his name is jack frost before he becomes a snowman
1: that's just his name his kids like i don't want to say nick frost because that'd be great but like you know i don't eric frost or some shit and then he becomes a snowman and now he's like jack frost again i don't know it's a weird movie i ha- <laughs> i
0: haven't heard good things so i'm sure it's in the book
1: of it would be a perfect like Christmas, like December beyond the bad, I think. One day.
0: God. <laughs> well, Clooney dodged a bullet apparently and dropped out Jack Frost for you know Michael Cannon to take that bullet. <laughs> and then with that the script would get rewritten by Jeffrey Price and Peter S. Seaman of Hugh Frained Roger Rabbit and Doc Hollywood fame. What is this? What is this weird
1: Nexus movie you picked? <laughs> We've already brought in Predator. Now it's Roger Rabbit. What's going on?
0: <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Oh, man. Good timing. <laughs> I, apparently, this film, like I said, they really were like, this is going to be a huge hit. The next big thing. Get all of the talent that has had hits in the past on this movie. It is weird that they're
1: grabbing in anybody who's ever had a success, regardless of how it connects to this project. <laughs> they're just like, he, he did something good. Let's get him. <laughs> Roger, people love Roger Rabbit. Get him on. It's so weird. Oh, it's like this, this thing was destined to fail from the get go.
0: People like Daisy Confused. They liked McConaughey in that. Get him in here. Everyone watches ER. We got to get Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, I was amazed by the amount of just <laughs> talent that was getting in on this. But. Uh, apparently they would go with the, apparently they go with this script. This is the script I guess they went with. Because by December, uh, Principal Photography was slated to begin in January of 98. It got pushed to April of the same year. Not a good start. No. <laughs> to further that, by December of 1997, Clooney dropped out after an argument with Barry Sonnenfeld.
1: Uh, I would love to know the context of that argument.
0: Apparently, all Clooney says that they just did not agree, and it was better to decide that one of us leave, and he said, I... Backed out.
1: Smart. You think it's like you think when Wild Wild West came out, George Clooney had that feeling of like when the plane you were supposed to be on crashes and you miss the flight. You're like, oh my god, my career. (laughs) I think he did. Especially at the time, he was you know still scraping off the remnants of Batman and Robin.
0: He was like, I can't do that again. I can't do it again. (laughs) God. Now comes a really fun part to this. Talked about earlier when you told me this fun fact, and I'm going to go into more detail. <laughs> let's enter producer for this film, John Peters. Oh, this nut job. <laughs> so let's flash forward to another known filmmaker known as Kevin Smith. With Cloak's three on the way. I can't wait. During a q and event in 2002, um, Kevin Smith at the time talked about a film he was working on, which was going to be a fifth potential Superman movie back in 1997. Yeah. John Peters was also the producer for said film. <laughs> and Peters had three demands. <laughs> Guys, keep in mind,
1: this is a Superman movie. Yeah, not the first Superman movie. Like, at the time, it would have been the fifth. As in, mm-hmm. like, people are familiar with Superman. People expect a lot. Well, not a lot, but certain things.
0: Go well, on. Yes. On that note, <laughs> uh, he didn't want Superman to wear the suit, could not wear the suit. Uh, Superman could not fly. (laughs) And the last thing is in the third act, he had to fight a giant spider.
1: This is real. This isn't satire. This is... Kevin Smith had a meeting at Warner Brothers, met with this guy, and this guy told him straight up, like, this is what your Superman movie's gonna be.
0: (laughs) Unbelievable. How did he not laugh in this asshole's face? (laughs) So for those of you who have been keeping up with current WB events involving Batgore, know that this is not the first dumb decision they made in no. their life. This dates back for a long, long time ago. Yeah,
1: this is not, yeah. These Warner Brothers has been dropping the ball with DC for a long time.
0: The hits are the rare occurrences. That's what I've come to learn. It's It's the few times they just let the the filmmakers do their job, and then they get a hit, and then they forget that that's how they got the hit. Yeah, unreal. Every time, it's like to bring in Will Smith, it's like they get neuralized. I just... Superman could not... Fifth film. The fifth film. Yeah, we don't want to wear the suit.
1: Look, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace was a huge bomb. It's considered one of the worst movies of all time. But it's not because he was Superman in that movie a lot of other bad shit happened it's it's weird that that's what they'd focus on it's like i want like i want it to be revealed that like this guy didn't actually work there he was just like escaped from a mental institution and was trolling
0: people i hope cuz wow <laughs> just oh
1: god the spider i i kind of get he was watching discovery channel and he's like spiders are cool let's put a spider in this
0: it's like the only thing that remotely makes sense cuz it's like i don't want to swim in or shoot <laughs> or you can't fly That's what Superman does. It's kind of all he does. It's
1: in the movies, at least. (laughs) He he puts on the suit and he flies. That's that's his thing. (laughs) So you just want, like, Clark Kent being a reporter (laughs) for the movie? Like, that sounds
0: boring as shit. (laughs) God damn. Oh, God. Well... Ultimately that project, thankfully, as anyone who knows, we did not get a fifth Superman film. We had a reboot with that Superman returns or the fuck it was called. Yeah. And there's a very um,
1: underground documentary out there called The Death of Superman Lives that details how this movie came about and fell apart.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: would love to see that I'm trying to find a copy. I don't know why that documentary is so hard to get. I would really I probably would blame John Peters.
0: <laughs> he doesn't want anyone to know. <laughs> Uh, well, the project would get scrapped once Tim Byrne came on board to direct. Uh, and that's when, for anyone who's wondering, when, like, Nicholas Cage was supposed to be Superman, like, all that stuff with it. It's supposed to be Superman lives. That's a whole thing in and of itself. Yeah. But he came on, and it would get scrapped because further complications ensued. So I'm sure there was more shit going on with this producer. And Tim Byrne just straight up was like, I'm not. Because, again, 90s Tim Byrne, right? This is him being like, yeah, fuck, I got the power to say no. I'm not doing it. Yeah.
1: But we did get some epic shots of Nicolas Cage testing out the Superman costume.
0: So, God, what we could have had. I would have fucking (laughs) loved that movie so much. Uh, And uh, if you saw Wild Wild West, sure enough, no one thought it was a coincidence that one year later, Giant Spider would appear in the third act of this film that Peters was also a producer on.
1: This man's commitment to a big spider in the final act of a movie is pretty admirable. I don't think I've ever been that determined to make anything happen. Him and Michael Crane will get along. Yeah. Real giant spider. Or I walk. <laughs> giant mechanical spider who I walk, damn it. Do you think they had to explain to John Peters, like, this is, like, the American frontier. This is post-Civil War America. They'd, there's no giant spiders in, in America like that. He's like... Well, make it a robot then. I don't care how you do it. Just
0: put it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, did I not hire the guys who wrote Tremors? Like... <laughs> 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 oh uh, well, last bit of info on this Sean Spider thing. Um, even Neil Gaiman, um, those uh, familiar with his work, uh, he's very well known for the Sandman comic series an upcoming adaptation on uh, Netflix, I believe, this month, actually, I believe. Um, even he apparently talked about how Peters insisted on a giant mechanical spider in a proposed film adaptation of The Sandman. Oh my God. Which I know any hardcore fan of that comic series would tell you that is absolutely ridiculous.
1: <laughs> this guy, how many productions... Fell apart because of this dude's insistence on a giant spider. I want a list of all the movies he killed with this bullshit.
0: <laughs> How's it? I've had like two films so close together where we've had someone determined on something to the point that it killed the project almost.
1: <laughs> oh, this show this this really shows the incompetence of Hollywood. It's amazing anything
0: gets made. It really is. Jeez. <laughs> God, he he wanted that spider so bad. Well he got the goddamn spider in the movie? God, it
1: hurts to know that he really got that spider. <laughs> well, at least once he got the spider he shut up about it. <laughs> That's the saving grace of this movie' He's like he got it it's over.
0: It's out of his system. He, he stopped. You think he watches this film and, and has said it's a masterpiece because he got that giant spider? I hope his assistant like keep that like
1: blocked the Discovery Channel on his TV so this shit wouldn't happen again.
0: <laughs> he just is trying to watch fucking the Crocodile Hunter. He's like, nope,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> he just comes to work the next day. He's like, all right, we need a giant crocodile <laughs> in this movie, and it's like some like World War Two drama. and They're like.
0: Uh, sir. Also, second man. You know Steve Irwin. <laughs> I need that man
1: here now. Oh my God. It comes out like there, it's a Holocaust drama, but there's a bit with Steve Irwin and a giant crocodile for some reason.
0: Is this bad? If like what popped in my head is him having the camera crew filming the Holocaust. Oh my like, God. Like, Crikey, look at them. Oh, my God. wow
1: is that bad that's pretty bad yeah (laughs)
0: jesus
1: (laughs) oh but if this asshole had been watching the crocodile hunter at the
0: time i'm sure he would have pitched it and demanded it oh my god yes oh what what's i I know they love that uh river monsters now it's that big one i always see on all the time guy can you imagine hear me out guys giant catfish This is a comedy that takes place on land. I know.
1: <laughs> My God.
0: Him and, I feel like he would have gotten along with Michael Crichton. They would have made a movie that had the mechanical spider, had the real ape. No one's walking.
1: <laughs> Crichton's got the, you know, the insane demands. Peter's is the money.
0: This would have happened. I think they would have had mutual respect. He in, he goes, he just approaches Crichton. He's like, Giant spider, or I walk, and crying. Some goes done, real monkey, or I walk, touche. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just picture them like half an inch away from each other, like this close to making out. <laughs> it's like I found, I found my soulmate. <laughs> oh, wackos in Hollywood never change. Otherwise, we don't get to keep doing this.
0: No, we had interesting production stories on a guy determined to get his fucking giant mechanical spider in a film. <laughs> <sighs> oh. oh, well. After that, luckily, filming mostly went smoothly, minus one incident that I had to write down. Um, so, they're filming at this place called Cook Movie Ranch. It has a new name. I definitely forgot to write it down, but oh well. Um, a planned building fire apparently grew out of control and actually o- to the point where it overrun the local fire crews that were standing by. So, by the time they finally contained it, it was after a good chunk of the town was destroyed by this fire, instead of just the one building. I'm going to go ahead and say not worth it. <laughs> that's, that's a shame. I'm going to assume, because the only time we see a town get decimated is when the giant spider gets involved. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I hope nobody was hurt. I hope, I hope not either, but it's just funny to me that he got a spider. There's a, st- a stun in there where the spider blows up a town and a fire quickly grow out of control. I wonder if someone's like, got your spider. Look what happened, asshole.
1: With love of Peters, is like watching the daylights and he's like, spiders can't breathe fire. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> 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 I just love picturing him being incredibly difficult even when he gets his way.
0: What kind of spider is that supposed to be? I see tarantula. I
1: see brown recluse. I see daddy long legs. You're not even trying. I wanted black (laughs) widow. (laughs) Oh, I would kill this guy. I, I couldn't, if I was on, if I was having to, like, especially if I was a production designer and I had to build this fucking
0: thing. I'd be like, are you kidding me? Can you imagine if like the crew just assembles a meeting and like they have them just stand somewhere and all the while some like lowly PA is just slowly moving. <laughs> this giant mechanical spire fire towards them. <laughs> <laughs> just, yep. Almost there. And they're just distracting. Like, yeah, man. So we're really liking what the spider's doing. And he's just like, he gets the sign. Oh, hey, hey, I'll see you later, sir. He just like walks off
1: picturing that scene from game of thrones where like the night's watch mutinied on john snow and like stabbed him but they like in, but they're they're leading peters out to like you know there's this huge spider outside you gotta see it sir he goes out there and it just says like asshole on a on a board and they just stab him in the back <laughs> becomes like the red wedding
0: <laughs> some dude just comes up behind him this is the spider Kevin, is a-
1: Kevin Smith sends his regards. <laughs> <laughs> Better yet, they put like a
0: Black Widow in his trailer. Cause I bet he was there. Oh, it's like it's like if you know the jackass stunt they did the band when they put him in the hole of snakes, but this time it's, it's deadly. <laughs> it's, they lock it in everything. They're like, well,
1: done with that, boys. <sighs> Let's finish this movie. <laughs> Sans is a spider. <laughs>
0: Just get rid of that damn thing. <laughs> oh, this is great.
1: <laughs> what, a, what a nut.
0: God. Well, the spider would not pay off for good old Peters because upon release, the film would get trashed by critics and be a box office bomb. Uh, if you look on Wikipedia, it says apparently they shot between a budget of 170 to $220 million, So I don't know what... I'm sure the spider caused it to balloon is probably what happened. Yeah. Uh, I would... Yeah. Either way... <laughs> Or two forty, sorry. Either way, the film made two hundred twenty. So even with one hundred seventy million, that's not—you're barely breaking even. It's not good. Uh, you have to make three to four hundred around there to finally be profitable. So, not good for them. Um, with the belief being that most of these ticket sales anyway were being purchased by adolescents who just really wanted to go watch South Park bigger, longer, and uncut. So they got the ticket for this film, so it was PG thirteen. They sunk into the R rated film. Apparently, this was two months after Columbine, so there was a crackdown from good old President Clinton on R rated films and all that good stuff going on. Yeah. Anyone who knows anything about media at that time knows the thing about Eminem, Marilyn Manson, the video game Doom, like all this crazy stuff. All those school shootings that South Park inspired. My ass. I, especially if you watch South Park a longer and uncut, it has nothing to do with school shootings. Nah. If anything, it would inspire people to probably like go to war with Canada. Yeah. Actually, if anything South Park didn't tackle school, sh- school shooting as a joke until the most recent season. Oh my god, that was that was great. Yeah. <laughs> By way, that's like season like 24, 25, Like mm. to give you an ideal. Yeah. It's just I I've I've
1: always hated people who try to use pop culture as a way to justify serious mental illness problems in this country, mm-hmm. and that's uh, about where it all started. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a that's way too deep of a discussion to have now. But, but it also
1: makes me wonder how much of Wild Wild West's like, box office success was just kids n- not actually seeing it.
0: Yeah, like, <laughs> you think the theater's like, oh man, all these people are seeing the movie and the ush goes in is like, why is it so empty? <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: that's, yeah. It's, I remember, I think it was Burger King and McDonald's had, like, toys for this. I had an Artemis Gordon on his, like, motorcycle toy that you would, like, wind back and it would, you know, down the table. David when there's toys at like fast food restaurants, that means there's a lot of investment in this film's success. So, yeah. just what a, I wonder how many people were fired because of
0: this movie. Uh, a lot of queers were hurt because of this movie. Yes, that is very true. They, they banked all of it on this movie, and it flopped horrendously. <laughs> and again, has not been reclaimed as a cult classic. Nothing. It is it's considered a bad movie. It's become the punching bag of Hollywood for years now. <laughs> The only
1: I think the only thing that came out of it that was a success was was the uh, was Will Smith's song, which he, he stopped doing after Men in Black Two, and that's a damn shame.
0: Yeah, I missed when he was like doing songs tied to those movies he was in. Men in Black Three, we got a fucking pit bull song. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but he's, that, he's right here. So so many actors do that, will do shit like that. They'll be really fun, then they get real serious and they stop being fun. And I'm like, <sighs> yeah, I don't say that a lot actually. But fun, like, so my complaint with Spielberg, as much as I love Spielberg, I'm like. Give me more Ready Player One. Like, you're having fun. Give me fun, man. Stop chasing the Oscar gold goal every single movie. Yeah, he's one too. I think, you know, it's, it's fine to just have fun now. Yeah. You're good. You're in your 70s, bro. Just have fun. But I guess for him, fun is making a semi-auto <laughs> biographical film. <laughs> I am looking forward to that. The cast for it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's all I got on Development Home. Oh, I know that was a little bit that's a little bit beefy. Those are like quite fun. So especially in <laughs> Mechanical spiders? I like the beefy ones. I like the, you know, find out exactly how a movie
1: shit the bed. It's, in this one, yeah, it's pretty clear what happened there. (laughs) Just a lot of insistence from John Peters.
0: What if it wasn't clear? Everyone's like, I still don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) This should work. On paper, this makes perfect sense. How did this happen? (laughs) I got what I wanted. It made sense in the movie. How do people not like it? I got my spider.
1: I got my... Ablest jokes. I got my Will Smith. I got my half a Kenneth Branagh. I got all sorts of shit. This should work. <laughs> oh, sweet
0: Jesus. Let go of the giant spider. <laughs> That's all I got on Development Hill. So unless we have more to add... <laughs> nope. Alright, let's move on to the awards. This should be fun. So, first up, the Zack Snyder. Which... You know, haha, DC fans,
1: Snyderverse is dead. Um, True, but but you know what? Everything else is too, so it was basically like a nuke. Nobody
0: won. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) It was like the most stealthy nuke ever. It was like, okay, we're actually in the Snyderverse, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, so the good stuff's going forward. And then they went, no, we're canceling everything. Zack Snyder's done, but I don't get my Batgirl movie. So you guys want Brendan Fraser and Michael Keenan back? Okay. Ah! Anyway. We're seeing, um...
1: I went with uh, the scene where Jim West tries to talk his way out of a hanging. Because that scene always felt lazy and stupid and unnecessary, like they were trying to bloat the runtime. where he's just up there next to a rope talking about, like, redneck is a good word, and I'm actually just (laughs) doing my African drums on her tits, I promise. It was so stupid and unnecessary, and just stalls the plot.
0: Yeah, the only time I think I laugh was when you laugh. When the, you guys know where I'm from, the random Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> the home of my ancestors, Georgia. No, Africa. <laughs> that that was that was funny. That was a good one. Yeah, that but, one paid off. But overall, that scene's just obnoxious. Yeah, it, it it There's really no point to that scene. <laughs> If anyone hears the noise of landscapers outside, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're (laughs) recording this in
1: person at uh, Caleb's apartment, and we're having a good time, and uh, someone's decided to whack some weeds out there. So (laughs) thank you, guy. We love (laughs) you.
0: I remember I was listening to uh, Kim Coates on the movie Kurt recently, and apparently he uh, was getting a new fridge installed, and he had specifically told them what time to show up so it would be after he got done doing the podcast with them. But they showed up when he was doing it, and they come in and you hear him go, oh, no, guys, it's cool. I'm just not doing a podcast or anything, like giving them a hard time. <laughs> and you, I think they were getting pissed because you hear one of the guys in the background say something. You hear Kim Coates go, I'm just kidding, guys. I'll be back. And you hear the you know the standby music. And then they cut back to him, and he's like, okay, well, that's over. Wow. But, yeah, he, he was giving them shit at first. You just hear him go like, yeah, no, no problem, guys. I didn't say a different time, and I'm not doing a podcast or anything
1: that's awesome but yeah uh, hopefully that didn't come up but I have a feeling it did anyway what did you have
0: anyway I have everything to do with that goddamn spider <laughs> the whole concluding fight scene on the giant mechanical spider like I get it the, I, I looked into it yes the show had steampunk elements the film side up at 211 which okay it's a creative choice you want to make whatever but to the point of this giant spider like whoa, it does, does it doesn't work First off, the spider kind of looks terrible in a lot of scenes. What is eighteen like, sec- like seventy? You're not gonna make a big old nice looking spider. I'm talking about like some of the CGI effects, but yes. Oh yeah, that too. It, it doesn't look great. You see it do one bit of, of you know, destruction on like the smallest town because it's the Old West. This is why westerns do shootouts. It makes the towns feel a lot bigger than they actually were back then. <laughs> um, it's why like three ten to Yuma. That whole end scene is one of the greatest fucking things in Western cinema, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Um, but so you have that, and then yeah, you have this fight scene. The coolest part about it was Derek Mir showing up. <laughs> you know, obviously pre horror icon Derek Mir showing up. Um, and but besides that, it's just watching Will Smith and Kevin Bright have this ridiculous fight. That at one point you're like, just kill him right there. It's not like giving him the chance. And Kevin Klein being goofy, and it just it, it didn't really work for me. Yeah, it's a weird climax. Definitely, the the fight
1: in the uh, the little like the, the basement room with you know Derek Mears and the guy with the two knives and the kung fu dude. It just it feels tacked on and unnecessary. And yeah, it's like the film didn't really know how to like where where to go past you know here's our, here's the Spider John no, shut up. <laughs> 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 I feel like that was the priority. Everything else was secondary, but they realized we still got to finish this thing.
0: Joe <laughs> do he tried If anything he tried to say, it's just, I mean, like, we gave you the spider. One. Spider, leave us alone. Shut up. <laughs> now we have to figure out how to end this goddamn thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got you there. I wonder if the spider was, a, like, a McDonald's toy, because I would have loved if it was, like, a giant, like, big thing. What
0: if he, he bought, like, all of them? <laughs> John Pierce had one request. He wanted to take the spider home after the movie.
1: John, that's CGI. <laughs> we explained this to you. And? <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's, this man's thought
0: processes are unique. They are Michael Cryan-levels thought processes. <laughs> oh, with that, the um, worst line, the Ed Wood of it all. I went with
1: a scene that was almost my Zack Snyder. It's the scene where Will Smith is teaching Kevin Klein what a breast is supposed to feel like. It's such an awkward, weird scene, and you've got Coleman played by the great Emmett M. Walsh, who just overhearing them talking about, "Hey, now touch my breast." And the the line I ha- I picked because I don't understand what their context was supposed to be here. It's when Jim West goes, "Now touch yourself," and Artemis Gordon goes, "Oh my God, I'm hard." the fuck was, were they what did they mean by that
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's i'm always like that i'm always a sucker for that kind of comedy that like yeah. someone overhears something that sounds completely out of context like i think that's usually really funny yeah but one it's already not funny because you're clearly talking about breasts and unless like you unless they were having you know post-op surgeries in the old west which they weren't guys did not have breasts it's it, the whole scene doesn't really mesh and it's awkward comedy and, and stupid, <laughs> yeah. It's it's awkward comedy, it, and like I said, the yeah. When they say, "Oh, I'm hard," that okay, how? Like, the, there's no context for that to be out of context. Like, it, yeah. This this is one of those cases where it's an, one of those uh, classic out of context, overheard conversation that's usually really funny. But in this case, I was just kind of like, no, nah, it's not that funny. No, not are wrong, Eminem Rosh is selling it. Like, he's always reliable, yeah. But it it just doesn't work. Actually, the most I laughed, I think, with him was when. They were talking about summer hiking some go half naked. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah I love
1: Emmett Walsh. Uh, it's a damn shame he had to be here.
0: Yeah, I I liked him better in House of 1000 Corpses. Um didn't know he was in that. He's in House of 1000 Corpses. Awesome. Uh he plays like a dirty the dirty old man of the patri- of the family. He's been a dirty old man
1: for like 50 years. He has a
0: whole point where he just does random stand up. It's like this really demented like just says the most awful shit. It's, it's it's good. I like him in that. <laughs> That's great. He obviously was not in the sequel because I think at that point he did he did pass away. No, he's still alive. He's still alive. Yeah, he was in Knives Out. He was. Yeah, he was like the guy
1: who had the security tapes. I thought he fucking no.
0: Uh, the guy who played Rufus. No, he died after Devil's Reach. So he didn't come back for Devil's Rejects for a reason. Oh well, I forget. Uh, so I would have to rewatch House of a Thousand Corpses. I can't remember what happens to his character in that movie. Okay um well Emmett walsh is still with us he's still he's still working still Still looking like he's in his 80s
1: yeah it's a i don't know if it's a gift or a curse but it's doing great for his performances
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) always mess something up i'm like oh yeah that's why i i I never fact check well with that said my line is one that look i don't know if this is a word i can or cannot say i'm going to say it in context of the film no one get angry at me so i would never say this because it's wow Um, And that is in a film in 99, nonetheless, which even in 99, I was like, oh my God, why would you put this in this movie? Um, One of the bad guys says some martial arts and Will Smith looks at him incredulously and he goes, this is the line that comes out of the actor's mouth. Again, warning. (laughs) I learned that from a Chinaman. Ooh. Mm. Then Will Smith slaps him and he's like, I just
1: made that up. That's that's a pretty good line. But, um...
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, this is,
1: again, 1870-something. So I get why, you know, characters are okay saying shit like that. There's almost an N-word that gets dropped early on in the movie before Will Smith uh, slaps a guy. Yeah. Will Smith no longer punches in movies. To me, he's always slapping.
0: It's always slapping. But, uh, yeah, awkward, uncomfortable, yep. unnecessary. Yeah, and I think that's the thing. Like, it's weird because, like, obviously I know what people are going to say there's Tango Chain, right, with Tarantino and the constant use of the N-word in that movie. But I was fine with it because, one, it's rated R. So, like, they already kind of tell you, like, hey, this is a word that's going to be in here. And, two, yes, you're right. That was a word they would use. We were in, I don't know if I would say incredibly more racist. We were racist still. That's what I'm going to say. Still racist as shit in, you know, the 1800s. That's how they referred to um, all of Asian culture. Yeah. Back then, but in a, in a PC-13 film that made a point in the very game to have Will Smith punch or slap someone before they could finish saying the N word but then you put that in there, it's like, yeah. oh.
1: When, you know, bringing up Django, it's like context is important. This is a movie, like you said, R-rated movie about slavery from the perspective of a slave. That's important. In the Deep South. Yeah. This is a movie about two ridiculous people and a big spider, and then some random dude shows up, does kung fu, and drops a, a Asian <laughs> slur. Like, we didn't need that.
0: Yeah, it's that a, added nothing
1: to this movie.
0: Yeah, it's a kid. Yeah, it's it's context. Like, yes, Tarantino. I got it when he won, dude, for and Unchained, not necessarily for Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, that one's hard to argue. Yeah. Um, with that said, uh, in this one, yeah, it's this is a movie. It's PG thirteen. It's there's really other than that whole hanging scene where he, then they bring up slavery. It's really not brought up that much in the movie at all. Nah, it's really bare, it's not even shown um it's a very it's steampunk first off so it's already like this alternate version of yeah. the wild west weirdly i think will smith is like one of the
1: only like jim west is one of the only black characters in this movie which is weird it is weird
0: yeah either way it is also an alternate version of the west i mean this is a steampunk era west that people yeah,
1: everything this is normal everything's pretty like on the nose except for loveless and his giant spider yeah, <laughs> like everything else is pretty accurate. Yeah, so it's like I mean, you even got actual President Grant. They didn't make up some fake
0: ass eighteen seventies president. They put let's see, says Grant in the movie. Yeah, but even then they follow up with him saying he had that secret room of yeah. people. So like, like I said, there's a lot of high concept stuff here. So yeah. to just throw and like I said, you have a point to make sure someone gets slapped before they can finish one slur. But then you're like, oh, we'll throw that one in. It's fine. <laughs>
1: yeah, weird. You can't really pick and choose your slurs. They're all terrible.
0: Yeah, it's like, if you're going to get rid of one, just don't put in another one later. And, to top it off, Bei Ling shows up in the movie earlier in the film. So, it's like, you had a fucking Asian actress in your film earlier, so what the fuck.
1: Yeah. Who also served no purpose. Weird. Yeah. There's a lot of people who just are in this with no point. <laughs> yeah, she just disappears real quick. Weird. And that actually leads great into my steven seagal i was about word. to say let's get into the steven seagal the worst performance speaking of people who show up with no purpose and then just vanish uh Salma hayek <laughs> as rita she is <sighs> just here so we look at her boobs i hate to say it but that's the only the reason her character's and in then
0: this. briefly her ass.
1: yeah her characters literally you could kick her out of the movie and nothing changes Yep. And that's kind of what happens. She just vanishes in the third act and then is reunited with her husband. After they make a
0: point to, like, bring her back, like, you think, oh, okay, she's on her part of the movie. And then she pops back up in the train. You're like, oh, okay, cool. And then she disappears again. And you're like, yeah. okay. And look, if you want to ogle Simon Hayek, I'm not arguing that. She is still a stunningly beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, just watch From Dust Till Dawn. It, it works out <laughs> so much better for you. One, you have a good movie, two, way better. <laughs> Use of her, her assets, if you will, and three, yeah, she disappears, but it's in a good payoff. To disappear well, and also, like,
1: just be honest about it, like, stop acting like she's you know got any more relevance to the plot, she's
0: just here for constant sex jokes. I felt bad for her mm-hmm. again. From Dust till Dawn was very clear about her purpose in that film, and look how much more well received it is. <laughs> yeah, so I just thought, you know, either you know, beef out the character,
1: make her worthwhile. Or just nix her from the plot, but yeah, don't give me this you know half-assed
0: bullshit. Yeah, we were just making sex jokes, and I, it is, and I get it. Like, don't. And again, I get it. She she's sexy as hell, and she yes, we all know we everyone's familiar with her boobs. Okay, we're all familiar with Sama Hayek's boobs. It's not a secret. She's very aware of what she's providing, but to just put her in here so you can just make constant sex jokes, like come on. <sighs> Especially because it wasn't. Didn't she have much better roles than Desperado in Desperado and? Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah. There's so many Once Upon a Time movies, like, right. fucking, it gets jumbled Substantially, yeah. And then, you know, three
1: years later, she'd be nominated for an Oscar for Frida. So she's a good actress who deserves better than this.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad you put her, because for mine, I made it very known while we were watching. <laughs> That's kind of goddamn Brad <laughs> Look, I have no beef with him. Not my favorite director, personally. He just does a lot of films I'm not really that into. But I think the guy's a fine actor. I really, I think he's a really good actor. Um, but what the fuck in this? <laughs> his, his accent is slipping. It's like he's really not. I don't know if he's trying to be threatening, Goofy. Like I don't, I can't get a read on him throughout the movie. He, he's awful. I'll say it. He is <laughs> fucking awful in this movie.
1: Damn. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a character, all right. Um, I do find it just personally interesting that Will Smith and Kenneth Branagh both won Oscars at last year's, or the last ceremony. I wonder if they had a moment where like, hey, remember that time we almost killed our careers? Yeah,
0: right? where if Brian was like, remember that time you just killed it? <laughs> I didn't.
1: <laughs> Damn! That would have been some cold shit. <laughs> wild Wild West, am I right, real? Kevin Kline's off like to the side being like, Fuck you! I don't get the I don't get the pick of the litter anymore. Oh that's great. Uh I get it. Kenneth Bronag is interesting <laughs> in this movie. You gotta you know you got a uh amputee confederate psychotic scientist and you cast Shakespearean theater actor Kenneth Branagh weird decision. If anybody, if McConaughey should have played anybody in this movie. Right.
0: <laughs> he should have, been. should have given it to McConaughey. We've seen TCM The Next Generation. The guy can play bad and go for it. Yeah. He has zero issues going for it. So, and I heard he's fucking, yeah, damn near terrifying in Killer Joe. I still need to watch, but I heard he's fucking and something else. In 1999, he had fuck all loose.
1: <laughs> he could have, yeah, I I think it would have been very interesting, but, I'll have more to say
0: about Kenneth uh, later. Yeah, and it, and M- Connie would not have had to change his accent because he's a goddamn Texas native. Yeah, he sounds Southern already.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, he's a very strange character. I mean, you know, the weird facial hair, the plot is so outlandish. It's 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 interesting. They could have just had Ted
0: Levine be the bad guy. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, they could have just combined those characters. Yeah, I would have been fine because I just love Ted Levine. My ass, a weird earpiece. I just was like, why, why that creative? That, exists,
1: that existed entirely to do that joke with the dog. Is there the remember when the like when Ted Levine gets shot and that little puppy goes up and like makes a head tilt at the thing? That was the the little dog next to like a little horn thing was the logo for some company. So that was all for that.
0: Let's just move on. <laughs> I'm so done now. <laughs> God damn it the more I'm learning about this man I'm like this is why it flopped. Uh the Michael Bay worst filmmaking decision. This is pretty evident from the
1: get-go. Will Smith and Kevin Klein have zero fucking chemistry. Yeah, they're terrible together. They clearly don't want to be here. They resent each other, you can tell. So just not you know recognizing that and going forward anyway. For me, it was one of the biggest parts of this movie getting torpedoed. It's like, I don't believe these guys are friends or co-workers or anything. They clearly are just reading off the script, waiting to get out of here.
0: Yeah, when I was looking it up, like, the original show, apparently in the show, they were best friends. There's no rivalry that the movie tries to introduce. They are, like, have each other's back type of thing. In the movie, first off, just, let's create a rivalry. And then you got two guys that share zero chemistry with each other. Yeah. And um, now that off what we've learned, potentially, probably all Will Smith. Well, yeah, Probably. <laughs> um you knew that you know when the story broke out that he got the first aunt vivian fired we just went well there was probably a reason now it's like no it's probably because he was being an asshole yeah
1: looking back it's like you know the kaiser shows moment of like oh you're connecting all these moments of like wait a minute oh my god it was will smith the whole time the whole time
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so no that that's 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 Actually, kind of probably as good to mine. The, the other reason I think this thing flopped in my reverse filmization is that the film can't really decide on a consistent tone. Yeah. Like, the film is just totally all over the place. Constantly. That is true. Yep. I blame John Peters. He he won that goddamn spider, and he was going to get that goddamn spider.
1: Is this, you know, there's there's comedy, there's action, there's Western, there's sci-fi, there's a little bit of horror from time to time. Like, what are you trying to Pull off here.
0: Yeah, and don't you wrong, I've seen genre bender films that work, but you have to make sure like you know what you're yep. doing for that to work.
1: You gotta care. You gotta be, you know, a Western fan, a horror fan, a sci-fi fan. You
0: gotta care about all the elements for this thing to mesh. And clearly they didn't care about a lot of this. No, they just were like getting annoyed with their producer saying he wants a giant spider, so that's what they worked on. And the rest of the film they went, okay. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's exactly what went down. Uh, well let's say something positive. I know we've just, which is hard with the movie and also some of the people attached to this film in recent years in the studio attached as of yesterday not being anyone's favorite studio. Oh, yesterday, as of this recording two days ago by the time, or actually earlier in the week by the time yeah. this comes out. And God knows
1: what we're going to find out tomorrow.
0: God. <laughs> oh yeah, and also Scooby-Doo fans, I'm sorry, you're not getting a second Scoob. That was one of the losses. Scoob! Um, I haven't seen Scoob, so I can't attest to it, but. Um, with that, the server lining, the one good thing, what what were you ever come up with? Ironically, Kenneth Branagh.
1: Let me, all right, let me, let me make my case here. He is having a fucking blast. Kenneth Branagh is enjoying himself. He knows this is a piece of shit. He knows this is just going to be a paycheck. He knows he can go back to making fucking, you know, Macbeth, whatever he wants. He's having so much fun and he is hilarious and the character is so over the top I can't help but smile.
0: There you go. That's a fair argument, I guess. In case anyone was right, I was just staring down Connor on that one. Uh okay, fine. You, yeah. I uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. He's having fun. Just...
1: He's not doing a great job in the slightest, but no. he he's having a fun a fun time. He's the only one that looks like he's having a fun time. Yeah. He's hamming it up. And I love a hammy villain in a bad movie.
0: It d- yeah, it does take away. It does help a lot. Yeah. Um, Good. It's not the same as mine, because I put out the theme song by Will Smith. <laughs> wicked, wicked Wild Wild yeah. West. <laughs> I was like, look, this one may suck, but that is a catchy, catchy song. <laughs> and again, something we used to be able to look forward to, you know, with Men in Black. And um, and he, he, did he do a Bad Boys one? not It's know. just Men in Black
1: and Wild and wild, wild West.
0: Either way, he used to do it, I and know. I wish he'd do it more often, because it was kind of nice knowing you have a star that can just do a theme song for your movie. I think it should be mandatory. Every, not, like, every
1: genre film should have the, the lead do a, do a song in the end credits, even if they can't sing. Like That should be part of the contract. I would love that. Jesus Christ. That would be fun. Uh. <laughs> you tell me you wouldn't want to hear Brad Dourif rap at the end of a Chucky movie? No.
0: You would. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm okay with what Dorf gives me as tricky. I do not need him rapping. <laughs> oh, uh, well, those are our awards. So, Unless we have anything else, think it's time to move on to uh, what's in the box. What's in the fucking box? Give me the gun. This is,
1: uh, I, I was, you know, not expecting any divisiveness here. This is sitting at a 2.1 out of 5 stars. Yeah, that makes sense. Everyone hates this. And the people who don't hate this are delusional. Um, I have five good ones here that I thought were pretty good, so I hope I can make you laugh. Number one, I saw that Will Smith has an apology video out. I figured it was about this. <laughs> Joseph, one-and-a-half star. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nope, never talks about Wild Wild West in that video.
1: I hope, you know, if Chris really wants to sting him, Start talking about this. Number two this is from Zach Hohenstein. This movie is like McDonald's to me. The ingredients aren't put together with much care. It's occasionally in poor taste, and a lot of critics will say it's bad for you, and yet here I am still eating it. Three stars. (laughs) Uh, God damn it. This is number three from Ghost Smut. (laughs) I did like the comparison in that cycle one. That was good. Me too incomprehensible nonsense but you get to see Salma hayek's butt and it's filled with disabled and race chokes 100 million pounds well spent <laughs> oh you, uh, you have interesting priorities go smut
0: his, his title alone tells me
1: yeah number four this is from jake rosenberg no score but he felt compelled to say something <laughs> Was very confused when Will Smith randomly punched Kevin Klein in the face on the train early on. It's not like there was a joke about alopecia to precipitate it. <laughs> whoever, whoever made a design mashup of the Confederate flag and a giant spider is going to burn in hell for a very long time.
0: That was a good one. There was no alopecia joke to <laughs> precipitate it. Oh.
1: And this is from Jeremy Urquhart. If I could bring one dead celebrity back to life for 106 minutes, I'd pick John Wayne, just so I could make him watch this and see his reaction. It'd be hilarious. One and a half star. He should have proof of it. I think he'd have a heart attack, simply because there's a black lead in the movie.
0: Oh, yeah, he, he was not a friend of them.
1: No, he wasn't. <laughs> he wasn't a
0: friend of those people.
1: Nope, oh, John Wayne hated everyone who wasn't a rich white man. But you know what? Do with that information what you will. It's not my place to tell you what to do.
0: America, uh, <laughs> that's what's in the box. A lot of hatred. I I get that. Um, That was solid. Good, good. What's in the box today? I like the alope- I like the jokes of recent events with Will Smith. My favorite
1: was the like I saw an apology video. Figured he was finally ready to
0: apologize for Wild Wild
1: West.
0: <laughs> so, oh no, it's for that thing I stopped caring about months ago. <laughs> Well, with that time to close this episode out. Uh, Sorry if it seems like I'm rushing through this episode to our audience, but we are doing this right for I'll make a nice little trip.
1: No, we... Good time. Good episode. I think we covered everything.
0: And, yeah, we we hit the hour mark, so we're good. I I just got to make sure, because I know uh, we got to make a nice trip to D.C. to go see Rage Against the Machine. Fuck yeah. So I've been trying to, like, get this done without giving us enough time, obviously, on the road. Yeah, we're doing great. Um... On that note, before I reveal what ha- happens in, on next week's episode when we're not seeing Rage Against the Machine, um, let's do our social media stuff. First off, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, under the Filmgasm Productions. If you want to share us a recommendation, feel free to email us at filmgasm.gmail.com. As of right now, the year is filled out, but I'm always accepting stuff for next year. Um, and if an opening happens, like with the Salem slot, fucking shit that happened, <laughs> Uh, if you'd like to donate and support us in that way, you can find us on Anchor. Finally, feel free to go on our site, filmgasm.com, for reviews, trailers, articles, and all of our episodes. Now, next week, we'll be talking about a 70s creature feature cult classic. One of the many Charles ripoffs, but this one has had a strong following for years, and that is Grizzly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. This will be interesting. I am looking forward to it. I got a good feeling it's right up my alley anyway. I'll probably end up liking it quite a bit. Um, On Filmgasm, we'll be looking at the final Bruce Lee film due to his untimely death, Game of Death. Interesting title. What happened to him. And on Oscar Sunday, we'll be taking a look at the most recent Tarantino film in time for Brad Pitt starring Bullet Train, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Again, a lot of Once Upon a Time movies. (laughs) Until then... If you happen to find yourself out in the wild, wild west, be careful of giant mechanical spiders. See you all next week on Beyond the Bad.
1: (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.